Hi, you beautiful creepsters. This is Cindy from Texas, and you are listening to a Paranormal Chicks podcast. We love Donna and Carrie in Texas. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 141. And y'all just heard Cindy from Texas. Oh my God. Did you see Anthony on Discord said how Donna got her Texas back? Yes. Oh my God. I don't know what happened to you for like, I don't, I don't know, six months. You just lost your Texas. I lost the pizzazz. Well, thank you so much, Cindy. You said that they love us in Texas. We love y'all too. I mean, look, everything's bigger in Texas, and so are we. <laughs> I mean, like, size, not yeah. fame, because, <laughs> ew. I'm talking about our actual extra large pizza ness. <laughs> oh, and if you can't hear, Carrie's typhoid Mary again. God, why am I always fucking sick, especially around New Year's Eve? I'm always sick, like the week of Christmas or the week of New Year's. Always. I'll tell you why. Because you're with your family and you got kids. Well, I don't have them. Yeah, but your family, you know. But there's no way that this, because that, like, it was the day that they left that I got this, like, you know, incubation period. This came from Colby, that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to Cindy and her awesomeness over in Texas. If you want to introduce an episode of Sinister Sightings, just like Cindy did, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, let's jump right in because we got to save this voice. Or what's left. I was about to say, okay. I can, I can get low. Uh, I mean, sexy. I mean, what you and Colby do in y'all's own time, that's, that's y'all's business, but don't do that here. Okay. The first... Unless y'all like it, and then let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep her sick all year. Okay, the first one's called Creepy Little Ghost Girl. Hi, guys. First and foremost, I'm going to start with a cringe. I stumbled across your podcast after listening to numerous other ones that didn't sit well with me. I found it just the right time, as I am currently up to date with others I listen to, and I'm sick of waiting for new episodes. You ladies have really helped with the funk lift off of this lockdown. And yes, the UK is currently in their third lockdown. I'll try and keep my opinions of that to myself. Your accents are unreal, and this may sound strange, but I want a big hug from you too. Your relationship and your banter is better than anyone else on a podcast, and you don't ramble on. Well, we kind of just did. Now for the spooks. A while ago, I got into a relationship, which I really shouldn't have. Just to keep it brief, my ex was 16 years older than myself and had a few children with their previous partner, with the oldest being two and a half years younger than me. They had autism and epilepsy and lived with us. I promise this does have something to do with the story. My ex was way more in tune with the paranormal than I was at the time. And when we moved into our house together, straight off the bat, I knew they were hiding information from me. Two months in, I told them, I'm pretty sure this house has a ghost. To which they smiled at me and said, we have two. That's a TWO in their thing. Not two, not like also, no, no. They said TWO Uh -uh. at one, two. Uh -uh. The house itself was one of those listed properties, which once was a big house, but over the years was divided into five separate houses. My ex told me that they go to all the different houses, not just ours. The first ghost was an older lady who would only appear to make her presence known before her child had a seizure, which was handy and she meant no harm whatsoever. She would just stand there and watch and make sure we managed to get it under control. 
The second ghost, the creepy little girl, was mischievous to say the least. Whenever I got ready for work, I would see her in my mirror watching, but would run away if I looked at her. The house we lived in was long and not very wide. When you walk in the front door, you were in the living room with the stairs, then the dining room, then the kitchen, then the bathroom. In short, you could see all the way down the length of the house from the front door. On this one day, the little girl was very playful. It was a quiet day. My ex was painting at the dining table whilst I was reading next to them. The ex was face on to the kitchen whilst I was side on. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the kitchen cupboard door open. I looked at the door, looked at my ex, and we both giggled about it and just carried on. This cupboard had our casserole dishes in it, and at the bottom was one I bought, cost a fucking fortune and was stupidly heavy. It levitated out of the cupboard and was thrown on the floor. And I mean thrown. I shit my pants at that point. I thought this ghost was going to try to kill me. I was literally freaking out. And before you guys say it must have fallen out. No, no, no. It didn't. That bitch was thrown to the ground. Shards reached the front door and to the back door. Before either of us got up to clean it, we heard tiny footsteps running up the stairs. Fair to say I needed a lot of wine to sleep that night. I have numerous stories about this house as well as loads of other stories about the paranormal. I'm so sorry for rambling and let me know if you want more stories. Keep it spooky and feel free to use my name. Lots of love and thanks. Chloe, 24 and from sunny UK. I feel like that's super sweet though that the older lady was... Like the protector. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, that little shit fuck breaking that expensive fucking do you know how much casserole dishes cost yeah and if it's fucking that cornucopia kind that i can't remember the real name of corningware that shit is worth a lot of fucking money now is it yes like a fuck ton good look on ebay well you know what's not worth a lot of money beanie babies and i watched a documentary about it and i was like oh god i remember that craze i remember buying one for 14.99 it was so expensive to me i mean i was like in seventh grade maybe not even maybe even younger than that and that was so fucking expensive it was also like you know you want to be mad and everything but then you hear like the little footsteps going up still pissed I would just be like, oh, no, she's you wouldn't. scared. You hate kids. No, the fuck you wouldn't. You'd be like, that bitch, first of all, you don't cook, so you don't even know what Corningware is, and I'm probably calling the wrong one, but... Well, I thought I had some. You probably did I've, back in the day. Yeah, maybe yeah. Mama still has some. Yes, we'll sell that shit on eBay, because some of them are worth like $30,000. Okay, well, I know it's not the ones that she has, but I thought you were talking about that dish. It's like French. I am not she-she at all, but all the YouTubers have it, and it's like white and it's like a Dutch oven. I mean, the only Dutch oven I know is... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, La Quisette or something like that. I don't know. I'm not that fancy. I don't know. That's what I thought you were talking about. But I know what a casserole dish is. God. Also, you know your downstairs neighbors hated you. Oh, my God. Like, they were probably well, like, what the fuck was that? Do we know that they're on the top floor? Did they say that? No. Okay. And maybe... You don't have downstairs neighbors. I don't know. Well, you said it was split into like five houses. So I'm I'm picturing like duplex kind of style. Like, yeah. So maybe you were your own. Down- I don't know. Whatever. It's over overseas. So what is it? Across the Across pond. Across the pond. Man, God. I- she got her Texas bag, but she lost her fucking UK lingo. <laughs> don't worry. I'll carry the podcast. That's why I'm sick. I'm carrying the podcast. <laughs> JK. Oh not even God. a little. Everybody knows you're the best. Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> but like for real. <laughs> so, all right, moving on. Good Lord. <laughs> hey, y'all, real quick. Let me say I love your podcast. I've been searching for a female led podcast that was about my interest. And here you are. I love your kind hearts and the show being full of body positivity. I love to be scared and other people's stories creep me out. Well, Carrie just said she hated me. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> 
My experience is short and about two years ago, but I think about it all the time. I was coming home from work, zooming down the streets of my neighborhood, only because I know the roads well, and I saw what looked like a person in the road, so I slowed almost to a stop. When I was about 20 feet away, I could clearly see it wasn't a person, just the shape of a person. It was just like dull light particles in the shape of a person, and they faded as I got closer till nothing was there. I'm a believer, but I drove home in silence trying to find an explanation of some kind because it didn't look like a ghost. I don't know, but I think about it every time I drive that street. That's all for now. I have more stories about the door that leads to a small creepy room under my staircase and seeing children that look like my young siblings when no one's home. Love you ladies, creep it real, and I love being scared. Isabel from California. I'm totally with you about loving to listen to other people's stories because I like to be scared too, but I don't want it to actually happen to me. So I don't want it to be my story. I just want to hear yours. Yes. I don't know what that is that you saw, but that would freak me out. But also, yes, send in all of those stories, that creepy little door underneath your staircase. I was going to say, and kids' stories are scary. Mm-hmm. I won't sing, I promise. Okay, the next one is called Atchison Frights. Hey, ladies, it's Vash. Or is it Vosh? I don't know. I think I may have just uh, southerned that. Do you remember when <laughs> when we were doing creepy pasta and it was Dasha and Tasha, but I was like Dasha and Dasha, Tasha. Tasha. Yes. Oh, I fucking remember. <laughs> that was like one of the best bloopers. <laughs> well, Vash or Vosh says, it's been a bit since I wrote last, but I thought I would wait for my stories to get read. And tonight on episode 99, there it was. You may recall from my first story that my parents were divorced and I lived with my mom and stepdad in Germany. However, there were times when I would live with my dad and stepmom in Atchison, Kansas. This town sounds familiar because it's the same town as the Sally House. It was a very haunted town. I will say that I have always been a bit sensitive, not as much now as when I was younger, but that town sometimes just crackles with energy, especially when you get to the house closest to the Missouri River. I have a few stories from my time living there, but here are the two that stick out the most for me. This one's called Bloody Mary and Jackson Park. So I suppose all towns have a Bloody Mary story and Atchison is no different. My dad lives up the street from Jackson Park, which from what I was told was once a zoo, question mark. Anyway, it's a very large area with woods and walking paths that lead down to an overlook of the river. I always thought it was a beautiful place, even if it was slightly spooky. I still love to go there for walks. One day, a friend comes with me and tells me about Bloody Mary. The story is total BS, I'm sure, but hey, what are you going to do? So once upon a time, there was a lady who lived in a cottage in the park. People thought she was a witch. Yada yada, bing bang boom, and the town decided to do what angry town folks always do in these stories and decided to hang her. Curses were given and so on and so on. A friend leads me to the particular tree in the woods and says, you see there, pointing to a high branch. That's where they hung her. The creepy thing, there was still a bit of rotting rope on the tree. Full body chills. Uh-uh. I laughed it off and walked back home. But that night, I had one of the most realistic nightmare that kept me up for days. In the dream, I heard noises and like a white man in a horror movie, I had to investigate. I walked cautiously through our dining room where one wall is all windows. Outside, I see what I can only describe as a female creature. Gray, saggy skin, 
long legs with knobby knees. Her body hunched over from age. Her head was large with thin, wispy gray strands that hung past her slumped shoulders. Her fingers were longer than could be normal with the longest nails. I would say they were more like claws than hands. Suddenly, she turned her head and stared directly at me. I was frozen. She jumped through the window. The last thing I remember was her grabbing my hair with one hand and the other clawed hand swinging at my neck. I woke up with a scream. There was no sleep for me after that. Even the Three Stooges couldn't make me laugh enough to get back to sleep. The second story, Amelia Earhart and a Ouija board. When I was in middle school, I spent a year in Atchison. One weekend, I get invited to a friend's sleepover. The girl hosting the party, we'll call her C, has access to the house where Amelia Earhart was born. And yes, Atchison is the birthplace of Amelia Earhart. The idea was to play the Ouija board in that house, but we chickened out, not wanting to walk over there at night. So we decided to stay put and just try to reach Amelia where we were. We settled in and got started. This was the most giggling and silliness. Right when things settled down and we got serious, bang. Slams opened the door and we all screamed with terror until we realized it's C's brother having a laugh. Angry, but now a bit put off, we pack up the Ouija board and settle down for the night. So, of course, I have a nightmare. I now believe this was a case of sleep paralysis. I don't remember the beginning of the dream, only staring up at the ceiling, not being able to move, and watching a black spot form directly above my head. The spot grew in mass and shape, forming a gelatinous blob. The blob moved and roiled on the ceiling until it began to lower itself in a low, slow-moving drip. Lower and lower, the thin stream of muck and putrefying liquid came aiming for my mouth. Frozen in horror, I could only clamp my mouth shut and try to turn my head. I could only moan, knowing that if I could just scream, I could wake up. Mentally straining to say the Hail Mary or the Lord's Prayer, Finally, my moan got louder and I let out a scream. I woke to not only my screams, but the screams of the other girls in the room. Turns out that at the exact same time, we all had the same dream. Never played with the Ouija again. I have other Atchison tales, but that's it for now. Creep it real, ladies. Holy shit. Yeah, I do not fuck with a Ouija board. And you know what? Did the brother come in and scare y'all and y'all didn't close that bitch out? Because that's probably what happened. Ooh. Fucking annoying brother. Glad I never had one. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that blob. Oh, and then you said that like it was coming to your mouth. Oh God, you know, that's like a Saul moment for me right there. I have too many things that someone could pick through. (laughs) You know what I mean? How it's like your worst fears that you have to conquer. I have so many because seriously. That's them going through yours. Yeah. Oh gosh. Also, I would be up if I saw that too. One, I thought you were describing me, saggy skin. I swear to God, I thought the same thing. Little hair. And then you said long nails. I was like, oh, never mind. No, I don't have long nails. But Colby always, and you now, with the last round of thank you videos, were making fun of me for my fucking knobby knees. Apparently, they're very bony. They're not skinny. They're bony. They're bony. And it's because she pushes into you. Manspread over here has, and she wants to touch. And I swear to God, she has one, like, I don't know. It's like she's whittled it down for... <laughs> Like, I don't know. Love how we turned your story and made it into us. Well, you did first. Oh, no, I did. Fuck. (sighs) Such a Leo. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want your nightmares. I don't want your life. (laughs) I don't. Okay, the next one. Hey, ladies. First off, I love the podcast. It helps me get through my long, stressful days at the office. I've always believed in the paranormal and love to hear the stories from other creepsters about their experiences. 
My story isn't extremely scary or anything, but it gave me the creeps then and still gives me the creeps now. When I was 21 years old, I moved into my first apartment with one roommate who is also my best friend. We started experiencing strange things right away. We would often hear someone running back and forth in the upstairs apartment that was vacant at the time. It sounded like little kids running around and we knew no one was upstairs. We would also hear things move in our kitchen every night and would find small things like silverware and cups moved from the counter to the dining room table almost every morning. The creepiest thing we both had encountered up to that point was seeing a black figure cross our living room window one night when we were getting back from going out to dinner. It was a black mass crossing our bedrooms to the kitchen on the other side of the apartment. We went inside and no one was there. We checked the entire apartment. I spent a lot of time in the apartment alone since my roommate's schedule was completely different than mine. I worked three jobs at the time and often worked long days and would get home really late at night. One day after I got off work bartending, it was around 2 a.m. and I was exhausted after a long night. It takes a while for me to unwind after work, so I went to my room, closed the door, and started watching a movie. I started noticing immediately that the room was freezing and I started feeling uncomfortable and my gut was telling me that something was off. I felt like I was in danger, although I was home alone and was safe in a locked apartment. All of a sudden, my doorknob started to violently shake. I jumped out of bed and stared at the doorknob. I was too scared to open the door, so I went back to bed and tried to continue watching the movie. Again, not even a minute later, it happened again. This time, I ran to my door, even though I was scared shitless. I thought, could someone have actually broken in? But knew I would have heard our security alarm go off, and I knew my friend wouldn't be home for a few more hours. I was two inches from my door, trying to listen to hear anything on the other side, when suddenly a huge bang pounded on my door. I could feel the bang radiate through my body. My heart stopped and I instantly jumped back. It sounded like someone had banged on my door with all of their strength in a rage. I was frozen in fear. I knew at that moment that I was not alone and something was on the other side of the door. I've always been told to ignore any presence and to not give it any attention. The more fear and attention you give it, the more it will make itself known. So I did my best to try and pretend it didn't happen. I felt extremely uncomfortable the rest of the night and didn't really sleep. I refused to leave my room until the sun came up. The next morning, I got up slowly and creeped my way to our kitchen, still feeling a little uneasy. I need my coffee, ghost or no ghost. My roommate came out of her room shortly after. She looked freaked out and scared. I asked her what was wrong and she asked if I had gone into her room last night while she was gone. I said no, confused. She looked even more freaked out and said that she wanted to show me something. Ooh. I followed her to her room, coffee in hand, and she pointed at a towel that was folded on the floor next to her bed. There is a large human-looking footprint imprinted on her towel. I immediately got chills and had a sick feeling in my stomach. It looked like a man's footprint. We are both short gals and have tiny feet, so we knew it wasn't ours. I couldn't explain it and was creeped out knowing that whatever this was, was able to get into my roommate's room last night, but not mine. I explained to her what I had experienced that night while she was away, and she told me that we needed to be careful. She's always had spirits following her, and we knew that whatever this was 
could have followed her back to our apartment at some point. It never happened again, but I was not so thrilled to be alone in the middle of the night by myself anymore after that. I haven't felt energy like that since. We had a few other things happen while we lived there, but that was by far the creepiest night I spent alone in that place. Anyway, thanks for all you ladies do. Keep it up. Creep it real and don't get scared, E.V. See, again, I go straight to an intruder. I don't go straight to somebody like a spirit. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, there's a fucking footprint. We got to call the police. Well, but they've had other stuff happen. True, but still, like a footprint out of been like, ooh, you know? Yeah. I mean, if there is a place that someone could have been living and getting into your apartment, then I would have been like, oh, God, a squatter. I mean, clearly they're fine and everything's yeah. safe and it, you know, it was what they thought it was, but holy shit. That's so scary. It's scary nonetheless if it's something it's something invading yeah. or not yeah it's something invading your space it's terrifying but yeah leaving that footprint oh uh-uh. god Mm-mm. also don't step on my towel i uh, know what if i want to use that thing again <laughs> i mean i probably would have hung it up but maybe not you don't know <laughs> Okay, this one's called The Creepy Doctor. Hey ladies, Mercedes here. Hope you're doing well. This is a creepy true crime story. Well, I have a really difficult time trusting doctors. I know doctors are there to help you and the majority of them are actually trying their best. However, the experience I'm about to share scared me for life. So let's get to it. When I was about five, I was at my grandma's house while my parents were out running errands. I was trying to entertain myself by using the arm of the chairs to swing. I held on to two different chairs and swung my legs. I was having a blast. My aunt told me to stop, so I did. Being the little rebel I was, when she went to the kitchen, I started swinging away. This turned out to be a bad idea. My arms gave out and I fell hard on the floor busting my chin open. I ran to the kitchen screaming and crying for my aunt. She turned and said the worst thing to say to a crying and hurt little kid, oh my god, I can see the bone. That only made me scream louder. By this time, my parents were back and rushed me to the ER. I had a washcloth under my chin and was holding it there to catch as much blood as I could. Here's where my distrust in doctors started. I was in the room sitting on the hospital bed with my parents sitting in the chair across from me. The doctor came in and said he had a check for bruises before they could stitch me up and I needed to take my clothes off. By this time, the washcloth was dripping. My dad didn't like this, but it kind of made sense. If I was being abused, they would want to check before stitching me up. If they stitched me up before checking, my parents could have just grabbed me and left. So I undressed, left my panties on. Sorry, Carrie. I was standing on the bed crying because I was uncomfortable being naked, not to mention the pain from my chin. We waited and soon the doctor opened the door. He started to walk in, but then stopped and said, no, all of it. I can't check for bruises with her underwear still on. And then turned and walked back out the door. My dad was furious. He took off out of his chair and out the door. He cornered the doctor and told him he could check for bruises just fine with my underwear on and that he was going to stitch me up now. I didn't hear all of this, but I was told after I got a little older. Well, they stitched me up and I was fine after this. Nothing else happened, but it was traumatizing. This doctor had a history of asking his patients to undress before providing the care they needed. I was told that this doctor was fired not too long after my incident for telling a patient that he was having a heart attack and to undress before he treated him. Like I said, I know doctors are there to help and most are good, but every time I go to the doctor, this is always in the back of my mind. Thank you ladies for reading my story. Love you and Carrie, you don't have to worry about running out of stories. I have plenty more. What a creepy fucking doctor. You know, that reminds me of an episode of Golden Girls when Rose went to the dentist and when he would get you under the gas, he would like fill you up. Oh. And so she reported him to the board. And like at first she had 
like an internal guilt of like, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I, you know, Mm -hmm. no, maybe I imagined it. I was under the gas. You know, the whole thing that we do and we blame ourselves when it's their fucking fault. They're the ones in the wrong. Of course, she, she ends up reporting him in the show. But like, that is so fucked up any type of abuse of power like that whether it be a healthcare worker to a patient a prison guard to an inmate a teacher to a student like anytime there's a power dynamic like that regardless of the age but especially if the person is underage that is so fucked it really is it's all fun and games when it's fucking lifetime movie but when it's in real life that's Uh shit yes also, did you see there was a lady who hid a microphone in her hair when she was undergoing surgery? So she heard everything that the surgical team was saying. And the doctor was like uh, commenting on her body and saying that she was hard to deal with. And the reason why she hid the microphone was because they had a like a confrontation beforehand or whatever. And so I guess she wanted to see like what he said but like they commented on like her belly button what and stuff like that yeah and she was like she just felt violated because she's there naked and in the most vulnerable position literally ever because she's unconscious yeah that's terrifying maybe I, i thought i saw it on the news but maybe it was on a tiktok of the news or whatever but someone said let that lady work in the cia because <laughs> she hid it in her hair for real <laughs> oh my god i don't know so that just reminded me of that so it's like she's never going to trust someone a doctor a surgeon anything like that again and i'm so sorry that you had to experience that but i'm so glad your dad was there and was like hail to the no yeah no because a lot of people they don't say no to the doctor because he's a doctor and they want you to get your care you know Mm -hmm. again it's that power so it's like well let's just do what he says you know it's kind of weird but let's just do it yeah but remember that okay yes they went to medical school and they know more about you about the human body and medicine and all of that but like you literally are your best advocate you're your only advocate and you have the right to refuse any care that you don't approve or agree with and that physician works for you like they can fire you as a patient but you can fire them as a physician and go get a second opinion they do not know everything and they're fucking human so people make mistakes okay the next one hey i've shared a story with you previously about a haunted hotel and thought it was time i share another experience with you this one will be a lot shorter so here goes This story takes place on the stairs in my childhood home. When walking down the stairs, you went down about six steps, turned to the right for a step, then to the right again for a step, and continued down the last few steps. So they kind of come back on themselves, if that made sense. When I was younger, about eight or nine, I was walking down the stairs one day. When it came to the bit, I had to turn. As I was turning, I come face to face with a little girl. One minute she's there, the next gone. I lived alone in the house with my mom, so there's no possible way this was a real person. Plus, she literally disappeared before my eyes. I can still picture how she looked today. About five years old with a little brown bob, pink hairband, matching pink dress and shoes, and a little white cardi. Tell me you're big without telling me you're big. I was like, with a little white candy. I wonder what kind of candy. This house used to creep me out from time to time as a kid. When I would be lying in bed, I could feel the weight of someone sitting on my back, but would be too scared to look and would instead slide under the quilt and surround myself with teddy bears because obviously I thought they would protect me. I'll write again soon with more stories about other haunted houses in my family. P.S. 
Carrie, if you're still on your Candy Crush hype, I'm a few episodes behind, but when you run out of lives, change the time on your phone in the settings forward two hours, reopen Candy Crush, and voila, new lives. Set the time back before you play, and you can do this over and over. Literal lifesaver when I run out of lives, and my friends haven't sent me anymore. Okay, that advice is literally as good as the advice that I got that time that said, when you play those games that have ads every like level, put your phone on airplane mode. Y'all are the real MVPs here. Carrie's like, oh, can't wait to try. Right now, I still have a lot of lives stacked up, though. <laughs> but I'm just, let me just tell you, being sick, I'm blazing through them oh, the past few days. Yeah. But you know how I know I really felt bad one day? I didn't even want to play. Dang. I just logged on, got my 30-day wheel spin, and moved on. Also, that was from Katie. Well, thank you, Katie. Uh, flash forward to me, forget to turn my phone back, though. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. damn, it's real late. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> Like, it's six o'clock. I mean, you do say that. But I mean, where's a lot? Because that's literally what time I went to bed last night. Benadryl, it got me. Benadryl has no effect on me like that. I have watched on a take three Benadryl and not like a fucking eye. <laughs> I took two Benadryl last night at six o'clock and slept till nine o'clock this morning. Golly. Okay, the next one is Possible Prank, Possible Ghost, and Angola Prison Rodeo. Okay, so you Southern, and they are. Hey y'all, I'm E from Mississippi. I decided not to use my name for privacy reasons. This story may be kind of lame. Sorry in advance if it is. Uh, If it's about a ghost and Angola Prison Rodeo, it ain't gonna be lame. When I was younger, I worked in a hunting lodge. I would cook for the hunters and clean the cabins. Well, there was this old, beautiful home that only the owners would stay in. I've always heard it was kind of haunted, but never really saw or heard anything major. Well, it happened. I went into this older house to start cleaning it with a girl that worked there, and she was going on and on about how she wanted to encounter something spooky that everyone was talking about. I shut that shit down quick. Apparently, not good enough, though. Anywho, we've been in this bedroom with the bathroom attached for a few minutes now. She starts again, like, I just want the sink to turn on or something to drop any I just want to see it. I tell her to knock it off and there isn't anything here that I hear it. The freaking sink in the connecting bathroom started running. Not a full-on waterfall, but just enough that it caught our attention before walking out of this room. I freaked the heck out and started running out of that house. Looking back, there's no way the girl I worked with could have turned the sink on. She was in my view the entire time. I think the bathroom door was even closed or pulled too. Now, a little side note. If there is anything there, it's nice. No one has been harmed, and it's mainly campfire stories that were told. Who knows? It could have been a prank, or it could have been something else. Also, I'm a fairly new listener to the podcast, so if y'all already talked about it, please ignore this. I have heard y'all talk about Angola Prison and how tough it is, but have y'all ever been there? Well, if not, go. They have a prison rodeo. Look it up and thank me later. Before the rodeo, you can shop. The prisoners make beautiful crafts. Some of the prettiest hand-carved bed frames and chairs. They're very talented. Half the parking lot is full of trailers so people can haul back their purchases. But the rodeo is the best part. Now, it does look dangerous, but I think it's on a volunteer basis. 10 out of 10 recommend going to watch it. I would love to go back. S-M-T-T-T-E. That S-M-T-T-T stands for Southern Miss to the Top, which is our uh, university here, the University of Southern Mississippi. That me and Carrie went to together. Try to get it out of my memory. (laughs) Just kidding. I have heard about the Angola Prison Rodeo, but I don't, I've never been. I've never been. I've only been to one rodeo. Yeah, in Texas. Mm-hmm. I know. I had never been to a rodeo either. And when I moved to Houston, I was like, you're from Mississippi. You've never been to a rodeo? And I'm like, I grew up in the suburbs. Right. First time I went, I cried because the horse fell. 
Oh, gosh. Meanwhile, that horse literally got better medical care than I got. However, <laughs> I still cried. Yes. But I laughed my ass off with that mutton bust. If you've never watched Mutton Bustin', stop what you're doing right now. Well, this episode's almost over, so keep listening. And then go watch Mutton, like M-U-T-T-O-N, Bustin'. Yes. That and everything. Funniest shit ever. <laughs> Prank or not, that's scary as shit to hear that water come on after she's like, give us a sign, give us a sign, turn on the water, and then there's a little bit of water. Uh, No, they gave you a sign. Yeah. And I feel like just, well, I mean, it's not like it's an old, decrepit place, but usually you can hear- Like a creek, like- Yeah. Yeah. The water pressure kicks on, you know? All right. Last one. Hi, my name is Kenzie, and I'm 16 years old and love the podcast. I wanted to share some of my experiences with what- I might believe to be paranormal, though I'm not so sure myself. For some context, I live in a two-story house that's basically new and nobody has lived here previously except us. So the first experience I'm going to tell happened in my backyard. I was sitting on the porch with my friend and we heard something that sounded like scratching every now and then on our tall wooden fence. I didn't think much of it, but then we started to hear an almost knocking sound like something lightly hit the fence. There are also no trees around this fence. This continued on for around five minutes. We were a bit spooked, but continued hanging out. That is until we heard someone scream. It sounded like a young girl. Keep in mind, this was around 12 a.m. at night. We booked it inside after we heard that. The second encounter was when I was sleeping in my living room and heard my door leading to the garage deadbolt lock and unlock and the door handle rattling. And the deadbolt on this door will not move unless you pull the door towards you. It would take an intense amount of strength to do it while the door sitting still. And I had opened the door, yet nobody was there. This happened at least twice. One more experience, I was sitting in my room and heard an almost screaming sound come from my attic, which you can enter through my closet. It didn't sound very human, and I had an intense fear come through me, so I left the room. Then my doorbell rang about a minute later. I had my dad check, but no one was there, and this was around 1 a.m. Oh my gosh. Well, I don't know if those were ghostly or not, but they're creepy as fuck. See, thank God for fucking ring doorbells. Oh my gosh. It's just so weird that you heard that screaming sound from the attic and then your doorbell rang. Exactly. So it's just like, it's someone playing a prank? A prank in quotes, like they're trying to scare you. Yeah, because that shit ain't funny. No. Or was it a ghost trying to get your attention and stuff? I, I don't know. But also we've learned that, well, depending on where you live, because if you don't have like woods around you, then it wouldn't make sense. But mountain lions and stuff sound like a human screaming and things yeah. like that, you know? So yeah, it what was could it? have it been a, that. Yeah, it wasn't a mountain lion. What was it? I don't know. It was something that's like a something. Oh, good one. I know. It, it sounds, but it does. It sounds like just like a woman screaming. Yeah. So it could have been something like... Bobcat. It's a bobcat, yeah. isn't it? But it could have been something like that or I don't know, but I don't want to experience it to find out. You keep that there, Kenzie. Mm-hmm. I'm good. This is why I shouldn't have kids. She's 16. I'm like, you do you. You protect you. I'll be over here. Don't mind me, but stay the fuck away. You know, I'm older. Wiser. My joints hurt. Like I threw that wiser in for you. She's not. Donna, <laughs> I mean, not you, Kenzie. <laughs> well, thank y'all so freaking much for all these stories. They were so amazing. Sorry that my voice sucks, but y'all don't because y'all are not letting us run out of stories and I'm super excited about it. Yes. I love how y'all are holding out. Like, I sent one in a long time ago, but I think it's time to write one in. Uh, yeah, it's time to write another one in. <laughs> Keep writing. That's weird, though, that we got so many yeah. that... 
these are like the second or third stories. So keep them coming in. Thank y'all so much. If you want us to read your story, send it in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.